0: Happy Tag Tuesday. Happy Tag Tuesday. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm Denise Cooper. And I'm Ann Police. Just in case nobody knows. Welcome to Two Average Girls. Yes. How are you? <laughs> Very well. You sound a little uh, sexy today. I know. I, I don't mean to brag, but um, <laughs> I get this raspy voice every time I get a cold. And mm-hmm. of course I've got the stuff that everybody is getting, which is just a cold right we're not used to just a cold anymore
1: no i the problem is we we have continued to get colds but everyone assumes that it's
0: something it's a novid it's not the covid it's no covid i love a novid i don't have covid i i I tried i i tested like three times (laughs) everyone kept saying you have covid i'm like okay (laughs) let me see and i don't i just have the good old fashioned. you need to stay in bed for a couple days i watch so much tv yeah anything good Yeah. I mean, I watched the new Megan and, you know, Harry documentary. I know you're not a fan, but I am. How was it? I liked it. Really? I thought it was good. You know, there's so many skeptics and whatever. You got to do what you got to (laughs) do. So many skeptics and, and you're just not having it. Well, I'm just like, they can't win. There's no winning in this situation, no matter what. They are two people who come from weird situations, Mm -hmm. extreme situations, Mm -hmm. prince of the United Kingdom. I mean, this is (laughs) like, you know, you can't write this and it's real. And all of a sudden, they're no longer doing that, you know, and now Mm -hmm. they're trying to tell their own story. And then they tell their own story and people are saying, ah, no way.
1: Problem is the premise of of not wanting to be, you know, the... (laughs) Royal family was We don't want the attention
0: I don't think that was it I think that there was I think that in today's Day and age And this is completely I mean we could do A whole podcast on this But on today's day and age And what the press And paparazzi Are actually doing Mm -hmm. To people Mm -hmm. It's pretty It's pretty heinous I mean it's Yeah but they do it here Just as much as they do it in the UK I think the UK Is probably a next level But It doesn't make it right You know what I mean Like it's It's wrong I mean just because you're a public figure to me doesn't mean you get to basically lie and tell tall tales and attack somebody else it's It's bullying in my opinion with okay. what's going on, yeah I mean i
1: but but my thought was they left their royal duties in order to have a quieter life. And now we've got a podcast and we've got a docu-series. I don't think that was what they
0: were trying to do. I think they were trying to tell their own story and have get out in front of their own life. And they felt threatened. I mean, she felt she was being threatened for... By Kate. By, Kate was no, threatening her. I think. I think that, <laughs> sorry. I think that there, there was a race issue there. Oh my gosh, you really into. believe that? I do. I, I believe it. I believe people are pretty...
1: Well, I, think, I mean, that... Oh, sorry. That whole system of family over there... I'm sure race was. I have no doubt that that was that was an I, issue. And, and you know, it but, brings up
0: a lot of. You have to watch it. I think it was worthwhile, I, whether you believe it or not. I think mm-hmm. it was worthwhile. I watched that. The Crown, the new Crown, came out, Crown, so I was all so in. Much. I was all immersed in yeah. all things mm-hmm. royal family. Yeah, I was talking with an accent. I, for a when of I came and... in this
1: morning, she <laughs> greeted me, <Cheerio>. my lady
0: <laughs> with a cup of tea. It was darling yes so. and i've watched some you know christmas shows and you mm-hmm, know it's mm-hmm. I, i've caught up on everything i'm good now okay good i don't need any more i was trying to watch the documentaries like yeah i'm trying to better myself and be like that person That's nice and then i get onto netflix and you know all the stupid stuff is on there sure. the mindless stuff and i was like squirrel okay squirrel. i'm gonna watch that <laughs> instead of you know finding out about how the universe was made it was and created created and all those kind of things and how old is it really and-
1: narrated by snoop dogg I mean no Come on no, that's, no. that's good television I have another Streaming service That I subscribe to And I swore I wouldn't You're a really good example Of I don't need Another streaming no, service No I'm not doing Hulu And you're not doing Apple Plus So you don't see Ted Lasso No
0: Oh no I have Apple Plus Oh you do Yeah Okay Is that, is, is Ted Lasso out again
1: No the it's not oh. It's not But I, there was something Very important that I needed You to watch And you were like yes. I will it not was on, It was on Hulu <laughs> Okay yeah Well I have another one now I'm subscribed to Britbox
0: oh geez because is it pbs
1: no BritBox is british is uk programming oh. series and documentaries oh my gosh i just finished this series called the bay mm-hmm. and it's just a proceed a police procedural where you know you got this lady cop who's trying to balance her life and and solve some murders and oh man that's good I'm not doing it. 7.99 a month.
0: I'm not doing it. I mean, <laughs> as much as we're already paying it's not even about that. It's like I might want to read a book.
1: I know. That's the thing. I don't need another streaming service.
0: I mean, we're just dumbing ourselves down. Like, that's why I was going for the documentaries. I'm like, I'm sick. I'm going to watch some documentaries. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to not feel good, but I'm going to I'm yeah. going I'm to impress my friends. Good
1: for you. I'm impressed. I didn't do it. Oh. That's a problem. Well, you know more about Megan and Harry now than I do.
0: Well, you don't want to know more, but I like them. No, I like No, I, I want to know the truth. You I, know I like. Lo-
1: have you seen my ring that's true I am absolutely obsessed with Princess Diana did I tell you not long ago someone said to me a a youngster said to me I love your ring and I'm like oh thank you and she goes do you love the royal family and I said well yeah that's kind of what inspired my ring. ring it's a sapphire I have a sapphire and she goes I love Kate Middleton too and I was like oh honey she doesn't know the real oh OG. honey you got to go way back
0: yeah, <laughs> anyway exactly.
1: anyway you our wanna- guest is
0: probably just <laughs> sitting here and Whitney is so patient with us so sorry we just ramble on and on that's what we do but I wanted just to introduce our next guest Whitney
2: welcome Hi everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whitney, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a podcaster in your own right, but let let the folks at home know a little bit more about what you're up to.
2: Sure. So, hello everyone. My name is Chef Whitney Aronoff, and I'm <laughs> a health supportive chef based in Laguna Beach, California. And I have a podcast called the High Vibration Living Podcast, which I love the name of that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. When I heard that she had that and I went on to it,
0: I've listened to many, many of her her episodes and the High Vibration
2: Living to me is, I don't know, it, it made me feel good just hearing the name. Thank you. Well, it's really important for me to teach along with being a health supportive chef that it's more than just the food that we eat that makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think diet and the food you consume is the foundation. But then once you've laid that foundation, there's all these other elements that you have to kind of put your time into to make sure you you feel good, you maintain a healthy body. Yeah. Um, you know, you just maintain your system. Um, so like we were talking about earlier today, you know, um massage, physical mm-hmm. therapy, you know, mental wellness, learning, continuing to be curious. Um there's so many things that go into Making us feel good, and I consider that high vibration living. That's uh, that's what I was
1: going to ask. How you came up with the name for your podcast? But so, what does high vibration living really mean, though?
2: So, so we can talk about a little bit about energy and frequency, mm-hmm. and you know, you can actually measure the frequency that you were carrying when you came into this world. And there's a lot of practices that believe that once you've figured out that frequency that you came in at, and it's like a zero to a thousand measurement, you want to leave this, this world, this, this particular lifetime, at a higher level, Right. Okay. Like you want to learn and grow as as a soul, as a human being while you're here. You're not here to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. You're here to evolve. Right. Um so if you're going to evolve in all these different ways, you're essentially going to raise your vibration. Mm-hmm. Um that's okay. part of one of the things that we want to do and then at the same time, you know, we all want to feel good in our bodies all the time and mm-hmm. there's different things that we can do every day that either move us in one direction or the other. There's only two there's only two types of energy on this planet, up spiral and down spiral. So we always want to be moving in an up spiral fashion. Down spiral leads to negative energy, to um to death, to Um, no life force energy and up spiral is life force energy it's it's joy it's happiness it's vibrancy so
1: yeah, just saying that though I think we can all imagine someone who has a down spiral
2: energy and I mean can you actually identify that in people are you like well you they they do have there are frequency machines that can measure that but you yourself yeah can physically feel yes if Something or someone or a room or a space or a place that you visit on the planet mm-hmm. has an energy that feels good, feels bad. And there's also times, and I'm sure we've all felt it, where it's stagnant energy. Mm-hmm. It just feels it feels dead but it doesn't feel necessarily negative it's just right. nothing is moving there so what is that what what it's stagnant it's energy just like there's no
1: there's it's not one way or another it's not negative or positive
2: it's just right in the middle and you know stagnant energy is also where disease becomes created you know if mm-hmm. you think about the body and our lymphatic system you you want to keep the energy constantly moving in your body and where there is stagnancy that's where disease tends to be created i
0: don't know what the statistics is and you're not an expert on this either but the United States of America has got to be filled with people that are going with a downward motion because especially now after all the things we've been through with the pandemic and things it just seems like people are not finding who they are in a really positive way.
2: Well, you're going to find people on both sides wherever you go on this planet because we're on a polarity planet, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to constantly see polarities, but you have a choice every day of who you surround yourself with Mm -hmm. and all you can control is you. And so if you start to move yourself in the direction of the life that you want to be living, then the people around you will continue to mirror that. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I think it's important for people to know, and I think especially us as women, like we always need to remind ourselves it's not our job to save anyone. Mm-hmm. It's not our job to fix anyone. Mm-hmm. Like That's hard for us. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> we just want to love and support and nurture. And obviously like I do that as a chef. And so I it then carries on into all these other places in my life. And it's not my job. All my job is, is to continue to work on myself and show up for myself every day, work towards my goal, maintain, you know, my my body, my avatar, my machine, mm-hmm. um, and then just know that I'm subtly, subtly going to rub off on the people that come in contact with me. Right. And sometimes, you know, there's so many times where different teachers of mine or like a parent like has shared that with me and I'm just like, oh, like... I don't feel like I'm helping anybody or, you know, I don't know what to do about that friend over there who's going through this and it's just, it's not your, you know. It's not your job. Not my job to fix them. Right. It's just my job to show up as the best version of myself and hopefully they'll want to evolve when, you know, hopefully something will trigger something in them to to help them take the step forward if they're going in a downward spiral.
1: You are able, though, to translate your positivity and upward spiral into food. Yes. As a chef.
2: Tell us, you described yourself as what? what? So I, I call myself, and it's because of also how I'm trained because mm-hmm. I went to a specific type of culinary school, but I refer to myself as a health supportive chef or a holistic chef because mm. different people understand that those words differently, but mm. it's all the same. I went to a health supportive culinary school in New York City, and so I was trained to cook with whole foods in season, no white sugar, no white flour, just real whole foods. Um, and so my job is to help people understand, you know, how to eat, cook and enjoy life in, in that manner. When did you go to school and how did you find that cooking and being in this holistic
0: space was what you wanted to do?
2: So I went to culinary school in my early, early 30s. So I actually spent, you know, my career working in when I first got out of college PR and then I moved into recruitment and HR and I was working as an HR manager in Washington DC Mm -hmm. when I decided to take the leap in my early 30s and you know drop everything I was doing Mm -hmm. and go back to school and go to a health supportive culinary school in New York so I had known for about 10 years that I wanted to work in the health and wellness space I couldn't figure out how to get in and I thought you know, and tried applying for jobs for in different health and wellness companies as an HR manager or recruiter, but I wanted to get out of that. Um, and so it just took time. Mm -hmm. And I found in my early thirties is when I started meditating a lot. Mm -hmm. And I also actually started meditating a lot with crystals, um, started to do all different types of meditation, all different types of just work on supporting my body. So when everybody else was going out on a Friday night to a bar, I stopped and I started to go to a restorative yoga class. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah, that was girl. my wild Friday night yeah. in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, and I would still meet up for brunch with friends or a walk with friends or a workout with friends, but I just couldn't – I just hit the wall where I couldn't go to a bar anymore. Yeah. It didn't make me feel good. Right. Um So I just started to do and explore who I was and what made me feel good in my body. Mm -hmm. And when I started looking at recipes, I was trying to find real nutritional, ancestral recipes, Mm -hmm. things that were really going to make me feel good Mm -hmm. and – it was really hard finding that out there. And when I was looking at websites and looking up recipes, looking on Instagram at that time or on blogs, mm-hmm. I was really disappointed with the ingredients people were using. They were yeah. really using a lot of processed ingredients or fake ingredients, you know, to cut calories. Yes. Um, so I just realized I could do this better, mm-hmm. but I should be properly trained before I launch a blog or start writing recipes. And... That's really responsible of you because most people (laughs) just like get online, get
1: started with no real background or knowledge of what they're doing. So that's very, very good. Well,
2: and I appreciate people who do that, who are brave enough to put themselves out there without any necessarily skill set to back that up. Like Mm -hmm. I definitely had a lot of fear, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm so glad that I went to culinary school, to a health supportive culinary school. It was... Um, just the basic life skills that I feel like everyone deserves to have yeah um you know, I believe that the healthiest meal you can eat is the one that you make at home yeah, and everyone should know how to make one, two, or three dishes to nourish themselves because if they can't nourish themselves with food, then how do they expect other people to do it for them? yeah, exactly were you always into cooking though? was it always like a thing that you loved? I yes. Um, never knew I loved it this month much, but mm-hmm. absolutely. I was the only kid in my neighborhood with a lemonade stand, sure. you know, <laughs> and I cooked all the time. By the time I started babysitting in middle school, I would save all my money. I'd walk to the grocery store, buy my own ingredients, <gasps> and then cook. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was so my your- parents didn't even fund my my culinary <laughs> You know, excursions in middle school. I would use all my money to to, to experiment. But they were also just so – my parents – I got very lucky. My parents totally let me take free range in the kitchen. Yeah. I made my own pizza dough. I made pizzas. I was really into baking. That's hard um, as I just parents. went to town.
1: That's awesome. Was it hard to find the right uh, school
2: once you got to the culinary school? You know, it's really weird. I – I remember the months leading up to applying to culinary school. That name of that culinary school just came into my head. Mm. And when I went to work the next morning, I Googled it, found it, contacted them for an application. Mm -hmm. And then um, within – 30 days i applied and when i sent in that application i said i don't know how but i'm going to figure out a way to take a sabbatical from my job mm-hmm. and go to this culinary school and then i got laid off by for my <gasps> company oh my, gosh. <gasps> oh my gosh yeah how, how
1: long is a commit? is the commitment to go to co- this specific school
2: it's six and a half months oh okay yeah um, but you got laid off but it's it's full it's full time it is um full time, I think about six months of your life because you're doing your culinary school program and then you're doing your internship. You know, you have to, you have to move. I needed to be in New York City. Um, but yeah, I remember it was, um, in October I reached out to them and got the application. I then went to visit my brother who was living in Saigon in Vietnam. And when I was there, I told him that I really wanted to go to culinary school and I was going to figure out a way to, to go next year. I didn't know how. Yeah. And I was going to be a health supportive chef. And I was going to write cookbooks and teach cooking classes and have a have a healthy blog. And he, my brother was just kind of confused. Yeah. And then I flew back home and it kind of clicked in his head of what I wanted to do. And he said, hey, I'm on board. However, I can support you let me know. Oh, yeah. And I got back to work and there was a weird vibe in the office. Uh-huh. Something seemed super off. Mm-hmm. And a week later they laid me off. And I was like, I mean, I cried for a day, you know, because you do just <laughs> no, because like, they don't want me. You're like, I don't understand what I did wrong. Right? You know, no one's telling me what I did wrong. I don't no. understand why this is happening. And then you start worrying about finances, you know, and all that. And then after that, after a day, I was like, Oh, great. I get to go to culinary school. This is what Here I we wanted go. anyway. Yep. Yeah. And so sent in the application, got accepted, and then just
0: moved forward
2: you with my moved,
1: life. You had to move your entire life yeah. to New York.
2: How many years ago was that? So that was 2014.
0: So you really, I, first of all, I thought you were in your early 30s as it was. For, you? Thank Real. you. Very young
2: looking. I'm 41. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. yeah yeah you, uh, good you skin look, yeah i practice what i preach maybe. yeah you do yeah. <laughs> yeah you do healthy living is paying off oh well and I, I eat real food i just want people to know like i eat real food and just like everybody else i've heard the 50 million different ways to eat to cleanse mm-hmm. foods to consume foods to avoid all that mm-hmm. and you really have to start to check in with yourself mm-hmm. and understand what works for your body and like you guys know, get really comfortable with the fact that it's constantly going to change. Right. Yeah. So what sure. worked for you, especially for women. Oh my God. What worked for you, <clears throat> don't keep trying to go back to what you ate in high school right. or what you Please. ate in your, in your or early twenties. Or how you dieted or, or watched what you ate because yeah. I know I've had to change it because yeah. it didn't work. What worked five years ago doesn't even work anymore. No. You're constantly having to change what you're having for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. It's always going to change, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. But it's also kind of how the world works. Like there's always a new season. Right. So, you know, I always change how I'm eating kind of with the seasons. But then I also have to really check in and see – what is my body really needing right now? Mm -hmm. And then it takes a while, but then ultimately I listen. (laughs) Part of why I went to culinary school is I wanted to know how they were really making my food at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, you go out to certain restaurants and the food is so good. And since I was a little kid, we'd go out to eat all the time. And I grew up traveling also all over the world. And so whenever we'd be sitting at a restaurant, my dad would always have me kind of like break down, okay, what do you think is in this dish? How would we recreate it at Mm -hmm. home? And so so I've always been kind of trained to do that when I'm out um, at dinner trying to figure out what's in it and how I could recreate it at home and then going home and, and making it and that's why, that's part of why I went to culinary school and once I learned how my food is actually being prepared it makes it really easy to not eat out all the time it makes it really easy not to eat fast food, not to participate in DoorDash um, and With that in mind, three things that people can start doing right now to take better care of themselves is you need to be making one meal a day for yourself.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, you figure it out, but there needs to be one meal where you make the food, you prep it, Mm -hmm. so you know everything that's in it. And that could even just be you slicing up an organic apple from the farmers market. You washing and slicing up your whole organic carrot, not baby carrots, not (laughs) carrots that are in liquid MSG. No, 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 no. Like a is that what that's in it? Yeah. So oh my god. So if you okay. So if you (laughs) were to take a carrot, peel it, Mm -hmm. slice it up, put it in water, and put it in your fridge. After three to four days, it's going to get slimy and it's actually going to go bad. It's going to start fermenting. You're going to have to throw it out. Those baby carrots have been sitting in that Mm. liquid bag for weeks. So what's in there? There's preservatives in there keeping that carrot fresh. One of the preservatives is citric acid. Citric acid is MSG. Oh no. Little baby carrots got a go. <laughs> <I'm> well, gonna- <laughs> but your baby carrots are just carrots that there was something wrong with the carrot. Oh. So they couldn't sell the carrot as a carrot. So they peeled the carrot and then cut it into baby carrots into a baby in, carrot. at a factory. Okay put it in this... So they're not little
0: baby carrots that just grow to a certain point and then they pick them out of the ground?
2: You got it. Oh
0: my gosh. You know that. This is like the Wizard of Oz. Like you just pulled back the curtain.
2: You know that. I didn't know that. I didn't
0: know that. I just thought they were...
2: You thought they were tiny tiny carrots? So carrots, you really have to be careful with carrots and you have to buy organic carrots because in the state of California, carrot is a cover crop. So they use carrots in crop rotation Uh to help reseed the soil to help create nutrients in the soil mm-hmm. um so since most crops most soil is covered with pesticides herbicides and insecticides everything that grows in that soil soaks those mm. those chemicals up and so you have to choose organic carrots but then on top of that there's still over 20 different organic pesticides that are allowed to be used on organic farms Mm -hmm. so i mean that's why you you often hear people pushing go to the farmer's market go to the farmer's market i think you just got to do what works for you right um if you can get to the farmer's market once a month to get some fruit i highly suggest that because that's the only way to get fruit without wax on it
1: Mm, you yeah. know and mm-hmm.
2: like we really don't want to eat apples with wax on it like and no one has time to get the wax off how do you get the wax off there's a bunch of different ways that you can so one way is you can actually take a knife and start scraping the oh, wax off no, come i d- on. i do that really when I'm in a desperate situation where I'm having to get an apple at a grocery store yeah um there are different vegetable wash solutions yeah I've that seen those. claim they can get the wax off and then there's a water filtration system that goes above the sink, it goes like on your kitchen counter, called a, a Kagan. Okay. That some people like, um, but it's next level. Uh, uh, it's Whether- you got to be careful with that one. They claim to have a pH in one of their waters that allows you to get the wax off. Um, How do you? T- overall, I think the best thing is just to avoid fruit that has wax on it, and I like to, you know. I'm super busy. I work most Saturdays. Like I don't have time to go to the farmer's market on Saturday when I've been going to the grocery store every single day that week because I'm a personal chef. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like everybody else that like, you know, getting to the farmer's market's hard. Mm-hmm. But I try to go once a month mm-hmm. and buy all my fruit that I want and usually just keep it in the fridge. And it'll hold, it'll And it stay. holds. Okay. Yeah, the apples hold. The, yeah. You know, the pears hold. You know, you eat the things first that need to be eaten first, mm-hmm. but other things last longer. They'll stay longer. Yeah. So you you have three things. Yes. The first thing was? Just try to eat yep. one, try to prepare one meal yourself prepare. at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's That'll start to change how you feel. Number two, when you're out at a restaurant, Ask for the salad dressing on the side and you really just want olive oil and lemons because all restaurants cut their salad dressings with poor quality oils, even the best. I promise you I've worked in restaurants. I've worked in farm-to-table restaurants. I've had to make the salad dressings. All the dressings, they have you – they cut them with olive oil and then grapeseed oil, canola oil, all different types of oils. Not
1: even good oil. Not even no. like a
2: because it would make the it would make the salad dressing too expensive. So yeah. they'd have to raise the price on your salad and restaurants think that you're not willing to pay for good quality ingredients. Because the consumer has communicated that they aren't willing to pay for good quality ingredients. That's you true. know, people go out to eat and they complain about the price of their food. <laughs> but they don't realize that they're having all the steps that they're having to pay for in order for that food to get on their table. There's so, a, there's a lot
0: of people talking about oils right now.
2: Like, yeah, I hear yes. this. That's all, why I thought I'd share. Yeah, you mm-hmm. should.
0: Can you elaborate on the oil situation in America, not even in America, but in most what we're dealing with here. So
2: let's just talk about the traditional oils that sure. you should be eating. So so you can't. Going back to what your grandma used is not good. <laughs> Crisco, <laughs> lard, right? Because they were a part of the Industrial Revolution, and they were being sold that the shortcuts were healthy for them and their family. Sure. Can't go back to what your great grandparents used either. You, you, we need to go back to like at least the the beginning of the 1800s. Okay. Okay. So, what are the real oils that people and fats? That people have always been using, and that is, they've really been cooking with, with animal fat, mm-hmm. with lard, because right. they were butchering animals, and they wouldn't waste the fat. They That's would right. cook that down, and then run it through through a sieve, a cheesecloth, to get any you know any sediment out, and they would use real fat to cook food Mm -hmm. and that's the best high heat fat so any animal fat any lard that is not Crisco Mm -mm. okay so Crisco is car is it's car oil Crisco was created for world war two i believe it was they had it they used it on cars the mechanics used it they had an excess of it and they started using it they put it on grocery store shelves i'm my mind is blown but that's the same thing with canned food so all canned food canned food was created to feed the troops the troops in the middle of nowhere like how do we get food to the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in europe mm-hmm. and feed them right and that's through canning the food mm-hmm. and then they had an excess so they put it on the shelves and wow
1: the housewives couldn't have been happier it yeah. just made everything so much easier yeah at that point yeah
2: but like but you know making chili you should not be making chili with canned beans like, you need to buy your beans and soak them overnight, cook them, and then add them to your chili. Canned food is an emergency food. Everyone oh. should have it in their house mm-hmm. for an emer- complete emergency situation. Like, mm-hmm. there's no power. Mm-hmm. There's no water. You know, there's an earthquake. There's a fire. There's a tornado. Like, emergency. It is, it is not there to nourish you. It's dead food. If we're talking about life force energy and up spiral and down spiral and high vibration living cans are at the bottom
1: mm, okay good yeah. to know okay but makes for, sense yeah. yeah it does but,
2: yeah. but for oils let's talk about those traditional oils so we mentioned lard mm-hmm. butter and ghee so there's butter and then when you cook the butter you get clarified butter because you remove the fil- milk solids and then when you cook it a, even longer it starts to get a really yummy nutty flavor and that's ghee mm-hmm. so butter clarified butter ghee Olive oil, obviously, all over the world. The oldest olive oil tree is actually at San Gabriel Mission, right outside of Los Angeles. The oldest olive oil tree in the state of California. It's over 200. I believe it's over 200 years old. Really? Yeah. So if you go to the San Gabriel Mission, Mm -hmm. you can see the oldest olive tree in California, and they use the olive oil to light all the little lanterns in the mission. Oh my gosh, that's it's still producing olives. I don't know, but it's okay. still live. I've seen yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. That's that's amazing. So olive oh. trees, obviously olive oil, um, coconut oil. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the world, there are different oils that are native to that area. Sure. So you'll always learn about more when you travel because mm-hmm. um, there's seeds or nuts in certain locations where people would press them to create oils. Um, maybe they're not necessarily meant for crazy high heat and frying. Right. Um, but there are different oils throughout the world. What
1: about avocado oil? That's that's
2: making a big splash. Yeah. So yeah. avocado oil, I believe, is a pretty processed new age oil. Mm-hmm. So avocado oil is actually made from the skin of the avocado, not the seed. Okay. The seed's discarded. They use the skin. So I think there's a very odd parallel between the mass production of guacamole, mm-hmm. you know, with citric acid that you can buy at Costco, that you can buy at Trader Joe's, all this guacamole, which if you've ever made guacamole, you know, guacamole is only good for about an hour or two. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: looks like, terrible in about an hour. You yeah.
2: you make it, you eat it, you're done. Right. It, it is not shelf-stable. Mm-hmm. So.
0: If you can get it, if it's shelf-stable, yeah. it's not good.
2: Yeah. So now wherever you go in the world, you can even go to gas stations and you'll see guacamole. <laughs> That's true. And it's filled with citric acid and other preservatives. And these are it's being mass-made in factories. And, you know, how do businesses work? Is they're always looking to create a profit? So how can we use our waste to create a product? So they take the avocado skins from these factories where they're producing tons of guacamole – Press it, and now you have oil. And oh. now we can sell the oil. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. So Feeling I... About the avocado oil in not, your shelf now. Not at all. I have a hard time believing, you know, well, like where was avocado oil... Even 10 years ago. Where was avocado oil? <laughs> where yeah. was it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. and and that's the thing. I think that we we kind of jump on the bandwagon. You have to do with what works for you. Mm-hmm. And jumping on these bandwagons, to me, it never works. It, it never works. People... If it's too extreme, if it's too unbelievable, mm-hmm. you'll never stick with it.
2: Yeah. So my third would be find the healthiest version of mm. what you eat mm. because you you have to you have to meet yourself where you are and give yourself a little grace. Right. But you also need to be tough on yourself and know that like you can upgrade things. So as you're upgrading your diet and lifestyle along the way. Always search out the best quality version that you can. So I'm not telling you to stop eating chocolate. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying turn over the label and read what's in your chocolate so you're choosing chocolate that doesn't have any soy lecithin or sunflower lecithin. Like number one, there's Mm -hmm. no excuses anymore. Just buy chocolate that doesn't have lecithin in it. It's a preservative. It's not good for you. Then next step. So now you've located chocolate bars and chocolate that doesn't have any less. Tell me what I can buy
0: then. Like sees candy, not gonna happen. I guess I
2: know no sees candy, but I love Hue chocolate, (gasps) Hue Kitchen chocolate. I buy all their different types of chocolate that's done with coconut sugar, so it has a little bit of different flavor, but it's definitely more health supportive. It's H U. Right. H-U, H-U. Kitchen. Yeah. Yes. And they have all different products. Chocolate-covered mm-hmm. almonds, mm-hmm. chocolate-covered cashews, chocolate gems, all sorts of stuff. Do we just buy that online? You can buy it online. You can buy it at Whole Foods. Okay. They're so big and at-
0: Oh, they are.
1: They have them in little tiny, little tiny stores on the corner that's selling, you know, healthy stuff or whatever. Just a huge wall of HUE chocolate.
2: You can always go to HUE Kitchen. So when I cook for my clients as well, like if I'm making them a chocolate... Chip cookie, or if anyone watches my Instagram, you'll see my chocolate chunk cookies. I use Hugh Kitchen chocolate mm-hmm. um, because I don't put any refined sugar in my chocolate chip and chocolate chunk cookies. What do you use then? So I use Hugh Kitchen. Um, I love this brand called Evolved, Evolved Chocolate. I love buying their 100% cacao chocolate bar, so there's no sugar in it. And you just take a piece and put it on half a date, mm-hmm. smash it Ooh. together, and you let the date sweeten the chocolate. it's so delicious. How do you make a chocolate chunk cookie, though, without refined sugar? I use like a coconut sugar, a date sugar, a maple crystal. So it's basically dehydrated date, dehydrated maple, coconut, um, or I use honey. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes I'll use an organic cane sugar, but I like to use an organic cane sugar that's from Florida. So it's more local and traditional cane sugar is actually good for you. I'm sure you've seen in Hawaii, you can walk up to a stand and someone will juice sugar cane for you yep. mm-hmm. and it, it's like pure Gatorade. It's, just- it's amazing. It hydrates you. You feel so good. I know when I've been like in Cuba or Vietnam or any place where it has sugar cane juice, you know, I would get a glass every day. They put a squeeze of orange with it and I would lose weight drinking that every single day because it's not the same as the processed white sugar that we know today for cooking so real cane sugar Mm -hmm. um, when it was produced was closer to like a dried up version of molasses so it was Mm -hmm. full of minerals and it was kind of wet and damp and that's why everywhere you go in the world there's always a sugar loaf mountain Mm-hmm. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that? Yes, always like That's you know there's always a sugar loaf mountain mm-hmm. because everyone's sugar loaf looked the same. It was this wet brown mound of sugar that, you know, at the top was kind of rounded. It was like a sugar loaf. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, so I don't believe cane sugar is bad. I think refined white sugar is bad. Sure. But if I'm getting sugar from an organic cane sugar farm that's making it the right way Mm -hmm. that hasn't been stripped of all of its nutrients it's like salt we can get into that and how salt stripped of its nutrients if you aren't buying certain brands what Um,
1: (laughs) wait what
2: hold on so my morton salt is not you should never touch anything with that girl in her cute umbrella (laughs) no yeah wow that's like save that salt or a kitchen fire like we have we have moved
0: Hawaii that we use.
2: never yeah. touched that salt what okay so what salt would you instead of t-
1: i could talk all day about what i shouldn't use what yeah. should i use
2: so i love redmond real salt oh yeah, oh, redmond. yeah. are you guys familiar Absolutely. with redmond yeah mm-hmm. and they have all different types of textures and sizes that you can use but mm-hmm. it comes from a family farm in utah mm-hmm. um the it was a family farm and then they discovered they had salt beds underneath it yes and they started mining their salt and at first in the 50s they only sold their salt to farms because actually farmers buy salt for their cows and livestock yeah. because just like humans, mm-hmm. livestock and animals need salt. So farmers would buy their salt to put in their animals' water. And then they'd also sell it to different cities in Utah to put on the ground yeah. for cold Frost. winter days. Yeah, like yeah. this incredibly good salt. Like that's what Morton <laughs> what should be doing? used for. Like <laughs> put it on the roads. Do not <laughs> yes. consume it. So – um People wouldn't buy their colored salt because it wasn't white. And everyone in the 50s thought white was better white sugar, white flour, white you know, white rice, yeah. white salt. Yes. Um, and then it wasn't until years later that people started to realize this is real salt that's minerally rich. Yeah. So I love using them. And then I love buying salt whenever I travel anywhere in the world yes. because it's it's minerals we're going for, right? Right. You know, and different minerals make your food taste different. So I buy salt wherever I travel. Mm-hmm. Um, Because every time you use it, it makes your food taste a little bit different. Yeah. But it's real salt. And what happens is – and I actually had Redmond Real Salt on my podcast. So if you you look up the High Vibration Living podcast, you'll see an episode all about salt. Oh, nice. And um, they – these salt companies like Morton strip away different layers of minerals in the salt and sell it Hmm. as – As a powder, two different supplement companies or two different food preservation, food preservative companies. So, the ultimate salt that you get in that Morton's container has now been stripped of all the traditional nutrients that are in salt. And then they've added things to it like, um, like iodine. Yeah. But you actually can't absorb the iodine through salt. So, okay. You can only absorb iodine through eating fish, eating seaweed, putting kombu in one of your soups or stews. You can't actually absorb it in the salt.
0: So you know when people are like, I have to go on a low-sodium diet because my body cannot absorb it? I'm assuming it's because of the type of salt we're eating. So
2: so no one needs to go on a low-sodium diet, but they (laughs) do need to stop eating any food. Where there's a nutritional box that says sodium. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating processed food mm-hmm. and you're eating takeout and you're eating fast food, that's the problem. Okay. If you remove that from your life, you can eat real food and salt it. Okay. With real salt. With real salt. With yes. Real salt. With yes. good salt. Yeah. Not, yes. Not the
0: iodine salt. stripped version of the cute girl with the umbrella. She's so cute. I
2: I know she is so cute. It's the it's the best marketing, but what that's I learned serious. about the marketing scheme is when so the the label says when it rains it pours and that's why she's holding the umbrella mm-hmm. cuz when it rains it pours and what that's referring to is if you use their salt when it rains outside the salt shaker will still pour. So oh. when there's a lot of moisture in the air, salt um Salt collects to itself and it can get into little bunches and you can't shake it out. Mm -hmm. But with Morton salt, when it rains, it pours because they have added items into their salt, (laughs) chemicals into their salt, so it doesn't ever cake together. So you can always pour it. Mm -hmm.
0: Genius. Upsetting. I mean, it's upsetting (laughs) and genius. You can't can't blame them. No, No. But you don't have to participate. How does somebody, even in the inner cities, how do they get these foods so that they can participate and
2: be healthier? Well, at the end of the day, vegetables can be cheap and they are cheap. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, going up and buying some celery and carrots and an onion is really not that expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And buying that organic version isn't really that expensive. Um, And you get a lot. Like, you actually get a lot. You can use almost every part. Mm -hmm. And then you can go to Costco and buy your organic short grain brown rice in bulk. You -hmm. know, you can go to Costco and get your organic lentils or quinoa, you know, or some of those shelf-stable items in bulk, and that's where you save your money. Mm -hmm. And then you just don't cut corners with the fruits and the vegetables. With the proteins, I find if you order directly from farms, mm. it tends to be cheaper. So you order your ground beef, your grass finished ground beef in bulk, which they still come in like one pound packages, just right. like at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. But if you buy it in bulk online directly from farms, you'll save money. Yeah. Or you know, again, everything. If you go to Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Everything goes on sale at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. So, in order to get your food product into Whole Foods, you have to put they you have to agree that your product will go on sale at least twice while it's there. So, absolutely everything you wow. see in Whole Foods will go on sale. That's good and that's know. not because the expiration date is on there. Nope, it's a deal that these products these companies have to make with Whole Foods. So, mm-hmm. so if you go to Whole Foods once a week you will ultimately be able to buy everything and they're on sale. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And they have
1: the highest quality, let's just say meat, as far as uh, organic grass-fed. That's that's a good place
2: to go? I think the highest quality is always ordering directly from farms that okay. deliver and, then and ship. If, I think that's the best. But again, with Whole Foods and other more health-supportive grocery stores, it's Russian, it's kind of Russian roulette. Like mm-hmm. They will, at some point in the year, have a grass-finished they'll have grass finished lamb or grass finished beef or grass finished bison. Um, they just don't have it all the time. Okay. So let's, let's talk about meat. Yeah. What are
0: we what are we eating and what should we be eating when it comes to the protein? So the dream. Mm-hmm.
2: The dream okay, okay, yeah. You're gonna make my food for me and what am I eating? So the dream is that we're eating hundred percent grass finished field harvested meat. Grass finished is different than grass fed. Yes. What so does that mean? Every so a grass-finished cow or a grass-finished piece of meat is the same as saying I only want to hang out with other humans that were, that were given milk when they were born. Well, like everyone's given milk when they're born, whether they're breastfed or put on formula. Like there isn't a human alive mm-hmm. that wasn't on milk at one time. Mm-hmm. So every cow is on grass at one time. And they can say that they were grass-fed. Oh. So every cow is grass-fed. Do you guys get it? Get it. But grass-finished means entire life
1: was spent yes. on grass.
2: So so when a cow is born, it drinks its mother's milk. And then it gets put on grass and hay. Mm-hmm. And then usually after six to eight weeks, it's put on a genetically modified feed okay. of soy, corn, and grain. Okay. And prior to the last... I don't know, 70 years or so, Mm -hmm. cows never ate soy or corn, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. you know? So Mm. that's why you want 100% grass finished. Now, if you go to the farmer's market, which I have even in New York City at the famous green market, Mm -hmm. and you'll talk to different vendors there who have their steaks and their meat, you'll ask, is this 100% grass fed, grass finished? And they'll say, oh, no. You wouldn't like that. (laughs) We give them grain just for the last few weeks of their life so it tastes better for you because we know that's what you like. Thank you. What a great
1: favor they're doing you. Right?
2: So just (laughs) keep walking by. Yeah. So you want 100% grass-fed, grass-finished, and then the dream is field-harvested. And so field harvested means that your cow was actually processed on the land that it's living on. Mm. And so I'll break that down further. Um, Process is a polite way to describe it. Um, But when it's field harvested, that means that the animal is put down Mm -hmm. and butchered Mm -hmm. on the land where it's living. Mm -hmm. And when it's field harvested, it it didn't have to get piled up into a semi-truck Driven for three, four, five, six hours down the road, taken into a sterile facility and processed in a very stressful environment where its cortisol is going through the roof because it knows it's about to die. Mm -hmm. So the field harvested process is much, much more humane. And your cow or any animal, bison, lamb, isn't going through this incredible fear and shock and all that cortisol isn't bump- pumping into its body and its muscle meat. And so you're not eating the cortisol. And as women, we know, like, cortisol is one of the main things that causes us to gain weight. Mm-hmm. So if we can eat meat with less cortisol, mm-hmm. like, how is that going to make us feel? So right. Much like, better. incredible, right? Right. So... Getting field harvested meat Mm -hmm. is not available at grocery stores. You can get it at certain farmer's markets. Um, I haven't found any near me, so I order it online from North Star Bison. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to find more people that offer that. Um, If I lived in Washington, D.C., Virginia, um, West Virginia area, I would buy from Riffle Bison Farms. Um, they're a great source on the East Coast, but I mean, that's the dream. You want the field harvested.
1: So you just have to go online and do your research depending on where you live. Absolutely. I'm guessing California doesn't have a lot of that.
2: I don't know. Well, where is your beet being shipped in from? From um the, I believe the Dakotas. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was. North Star Bison. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I talked with Liz Riffle of Riffle Bison Farms in West Virginia and they use absolutely everything. Like they sell all the meat, all the bones, because mm-hmm. people want them from bone broth. Yep. They're able to sell the hooves. They're able to sell, you know, the skin, the hide. Mm-hmm. They even are able to sell the skull to artisans. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the few, she says the few times that they have no one who wants the skull, they'll just bury it back into the land. Oh. They'll just fully put it back into the land. That's cool. It's. Yeah pretty incredible let's what, talk about
0: bone broth yeah
2: because that's a kind of
0: catchphrase and it's advertised i know that people love it i was at dr tim's and there was a couple people in there talking about going over to a certain place in, yes in huntington beach maybe where there's bone broth and i'm like i don't know
1: it's really big on the island of Kauai. it is, it is. they love oh, it just sister company Mm -hmm. yeah there's a there's a Mm -hmm. standalone couple little companies that do bone broth what are your feelings about that
2: oh i drink it all the time i love it what benefits
1: does it have
2: well it so like salt Mm -hmm. you know like with everything that we eat we're looking for nutritional density right Mm -hmm. it makes you feel good and it's super minerally rich Mm -hmm. you can flavor it any way that you want um obviously there's lots of talk about how it restores your gut health. Yes. Um but it just makes you feel good. Okay. And it improves your whole body and I love it. It's hard for me to drink all the time when I'm working as a chef because I'm so hot. It can be the coldest day outside, but I'm in the kitchen with everything on and I'm overheating. But on days that I get to work from home, there's no better afternoon snack than a bone broth. And I definitely do find that if I substitute a snack with bone broth, I do lose weight or inflammation definitely subsides. Um, It's a nice way to hold you over for dinner. Um, When I make soups, all I ever use for my soups is... For my soups, for myself, for my clients, a lot of them like a vegetable broth. But for myself, I do bone broth. So Mm -hmm. I always save my bones. Um, So you make your own. I always make my own. If I'm in desperate need of sipping broth like, um, and I'm in the area, um, there is a place like in the Huntington Beach Costa Mesa area where I I stop and I pick up a glass of bone broth um, when I'm cooking for my clients because I can't make them – bone broth and cook them a soup and be out the door by a certain time mm-hmm. um, i buy bone broth in the freezer section and that's by bona fide provisions okay so you never want to buy a shelf stable bone broth that's mm-hmm. a processed food with msg i in have it. some of that in my house right yeah now. so you're basically buying like swanson's chicken broth that's the same thing yeah and yeah. that's just um a preserved msg filled mm-hmm liquid right It it's going to offer you nothing except chemicals which are going to build up in your body and cause disease mm. okay yeah Wow. It's, it's lifeless you're better off using water just water i wish yeah. i wish if people just use good filtered water where <laughs> you see broth and avoid those boxes yeah I, I, if any liquid that's in any of those boxes the chicken broth the vegetable broth the nut milks Nothing, yes. that's lifeless. Right. So the nut milk, like almond milk in the box. Yeah, lifeless. We don't want that. Make make your own. Oh. Yeah. The easiest nut milk to make is would be cashew milk because you can just, you know, put those cashews in hot water for five minutes, drain it. Put them in your blender, add fresh water, blend it up. That's the fastest. Wow. Oh. The rest are going to take a lot longer because they the, the nuts need to soak. They need to rehydrate. Yeah. Um, but you're better off making it yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to save money and you're getting real food. And the problem is not it's the chemicals in those boxes yes. that I want to help people know that they're there because the less chemicals going into your body, the better you're going to feel. Now you're going to avoid... You know, all the chronic, what's the right way to put them? They're, what's that grouping of diseases that everybody- Autoimmune. That's the autoimmune issue. Mm. It's the buildup of the chemicals.
1: Interesting.
2: What, okay, and I- I'm
1: sorry to, like, approach you as if you are the doctor expert of all oh, things. Oh, it's so okay. If, if you don't... Really-
2: most most doctors you talk to yeah. aren't going to tell you the- <laughs> that there's anything you can do for an autoimmune disease. Oh, absolutely They're just going to tell you, I'm Here, so sorry. Here's your medication. But we're going to find a way for you to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, but I also believe absolutely everything's reversible on this planet.
1: Mm. Well, but, let's uh, talk about gluten, can we, sure. for just a minute? Yeah. Uh, the the number of people who have not just a, not that have celiac, I'm not even talking about that, a gluten intolerance is, just in
2: the past five years,
1: unbelievable.
2: Well, no one has a gluten intolerance. They have a chemical intolerance.
1: Okay. What does that mean?
2: So all, I would say, if you look at the children, if you want the facts on this, mm-hmm. look at the Children's Defense Fund. And look at everything Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been putting out. Oh. But definitely look at the Children's Defense Fund. Um, he, he's, he's doing some good stuff. Amazing I stuff. I know. I know. Incredible. But what people don't know is what he was doing to try to save the water in this country. Long before... That's how I was first introduced to him mm. in Washington, D.C. is what he was trying to do to stop the fracking in West Virginia so people would stop getting cancer because they were being poisoned by their tap water. I water. mean, yeah. he has been working to just try to make sure that we're all getting clean water mm-hmm. for so long, let alone what he's trying to do just to educate us on wheat and our food system now. Mm-hmm. And Big Pharma. Yes. <laughs> and yes. that whole oh. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. but But, yeah, so... All of our grain is spa- sprayed with glyphosate. And so everyone's having an allergic reaction to glyphosate. Okay. That's, what's, the actual grain. that's what's irritating their uh, gut lining. That's okay. what's causing inflammation. That's what's causing stomach aches. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this and are going to really, truly believe that no. Their doctor told them it's gluten. Sure. The test told them that's gluten. I would say to them, you have a limiting belief. You should figure out a way to work on that, because we can really eat, everyone should be able to eat wheat. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. But nobody deserves to be eating all these chemicals and pesticides and herbicides and insecticides. It's it's ridiculous. And it's unfair. And anything created in a lab is not going to make you feel good. And right. it, you know and it's and it makes me sad that we're living in a time where you don't really know what's on your food or in it. Right. You know? Well,
0: you go to Europe and you'll go to places. I know people who are gluten intolerant,
2: intolerant. Yeah.
0: or even right. celiac. They mm-hmm. just can't eat anything. They go, to a, they go and have pasta in, in Italy. They don't have a problem.
2: I'm the same way. So if people ask me my food allergies, I always say soy and wheat. But if I'm in other parts of the world, I will eat the wheat, no problem, and then I will eat the soy under very specific circumstances that I know the soy is truly fermented um, soy sauce.
1: Uh Mm. I
2: won't eat the tofu or any of the other products, but if it's truly traditionally fermented soy sauce, I am fine. Not in the United States.
1: Okay. Yeah. So many, so
2: many issues. What,
1: here's my question though. If you've got your basic flour and you have someone who claims to be gluten intolerant because that's what their doctor told them and they move over to a different type of flour and their allergy is gone. How do, how is that explained?
2: Well, because if they're just using a basic traditional flour, it's probably covered in in glyphosate pesticides herbicides and insecticides just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there
1: right but so another flower yes. the next door neighbor flower yeah that's not
2: covered in any of those pesticides i don't know i but i don't know what flower it is
1: okay so when you're going though to the store and you're getting your gluten-free flower king arthur whatever brand that yeah. makes the gluten-free flower and it helps the person who's eating, they're like, oh, no, now I'm not having the reaction that I have when I use the Pillsbury flour.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Pillsbury, What have they removed?
2: Pillsbury flour is wheat-based, mm-hmm. and King Arthur flour is using different ingredients. It tends to use corn, rice flour, and, and it goes on from there.
1: Okay, so so wheat is what's being covered in these pesticides.
2: Yes. I mean, a lot of other things are being covered in it, too, but, but flour is wheat. And right. wheat is what's being sprayed. Okay. And now we're dealing with a wheat that's being grown. That's not the wheat that was being grown 100 years ago. That's it's right. been heavily modified. And right, it's, it's generation after generation getting these sprays continue to change the wheat. So one thing I learned in culinary school that's really interesting is you can die out a line of cats in seven years. Mm-hmm. So if you give a cat canned cat food and that cat has a baby and it eats the canned cat food and that cat has a baby and continues to eat mm-hmm. the fake processed food in seven years that cat will that line of cats will not be able to reproduce mm. and it will die out that line of family
1: <laughs> i mean i have no words
2: so if people don't think <clears throat> that food affects that the- this is affecting their fertility which is Affects their health. If you're mm-hmm. not fertile, you're not healthy. Because there's a, a lot of people I know who you think are healthy mm-hmm. and can't get pregnant. You know, it's not their carrot and celery sticks. You know, it's not their salad for lunch. It's everything that's on the salad or on the carrot and celery sticks that we can't see. And, you know, my hope is that people can just know, know a little bit more about what's going on in our food system right now. Um Sorry you know it's hard not to like be sad and angry when you hear about it but Mm -hmm. like hopefully they can come out the other side and find that you know they can start to uncover better choices that they can make for themselves and um you know the more of us know the more things will change if i'm trying to lose weight i'm like okay listen i'm not going to
0: deprive myself of every single thing that tastes good i can't just eat chicken and vegetables but I'm going to do 80% of the time I'm going to do the best I can and then if someone offers me a cookie I'll
2: have one. I'm the 80/20 yeah, rule no, with everything in life. I think it's probably the way that we should all kind of look at life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then again with the food, it's just it's just you just make the best choice for the situation you're in. Mm-hmm. You just make the best choice with the options that are out there for you. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no best. You, right. You know? Yes. So if you're going to do mac and cheese, you know, and you can only do the box kind, yeah. then you just find the best box version that's out there. You read the ingredients. And yeah. then when you're ready to graduate to making your own, then you can start to control the pastas you use. You can start to u- control the quality of the milk that you use, the cheese that you use, yeah. the flour you use. You know, you just baby steps along the way. Right. Do you eat
1: out at restaurants? And if so, what do you prefer?
2: So I usually only eat out at restaurants when I travel. Okay. Um, but that's, that's also because I'm really not into the restaurants in the Orange County scene. Really? They're kind of disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> you you know too much. <clears throat> and you, I know too yeah. much. So I go out if it's like a special family birthday or sure. event. Um, and then I eat out when I travel. But then when I travel, I'm really digging and looking for farm-to-table restaurants, mm-hmm. places that can really excite me that I can learn from, you yeah. know. And also, it's the 80-20 rule with restaurants. I finally... I actually just posted about this the other day on Instagram. Like, restaurants are great to celebrate yes. for an experience. You know, remember when restaurants were entertainment and yeah. people would only go out like yeah. once a week? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, restaurants are great, and I love the restaurant industry and so grateful for them. But um, but right now with our health, it's moderation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you, let, let's get back
0: to what you do on a daily basis. You are a personal chef. Yes. What is Starship Kitchen?
2: Oh, Starseed Kitchen. Oh, Starseed Kitchen. Yeah. My business is called Starseed Kitchen. Okay. So it's my personal chef business. I have a website with all my recipes. So hmm. I try to share all my recipes that I prepare for my personal... Chef client. Yeah, so I share those recipes on Starseed Kitchen. Um, I have my own line of organic spice blends. They're the blends Mm. that I actually use for my clients. So my clients love my crispy baked chicken thighs. I have two different spice blends that I use on that. 11 Magic Herbs and Spices and Adobo. So... You know, I just want people to be able to make healthy, delicious, flavorful food at home. It shouldn't be complicated. Mm -mm. And so I just try to get that information out to them so they can empower themselves to cook in their kitchen again because the healthiest meal they can make is the one they eat at home. So I'm looking at
0: something from I think your blog or website it says charged with
2: Oh so with my crystals or my crystals with my spice blends Mm -hmm. what I do is when they're being prepared and blended and stored I play Kundalini mantras because I want to control the vibration and the energy that those spices are carrying so that frequency is sent to you and goes into your food because you may not understand how the energy of the food that of the person who's preparing your food goes into your meal. Yeah. But I understand it.
1: Absolutely. And I
2: want to help every single one of my customers or anyone that's curious about their health. Um, So I support in my way and that's through my spice blend. So we have Kundalini mantras playing to Mm -hmm. upgrade the vibration of the spices. And then I have them charged with quartz Giza crystals um, that were charged in the, um, the great pyramid of Giza in 1984 under a special planetary alignment called Pleiadian lineup. So um, it's just my way of, of just trying to help people feel good because Now, the example I always like to give you, you know, when you get home from work and you make dinner really, really fast and you're just starving and you're kind of pissed off and (laughs) you're throwing things together and it's like a meal you've made a hundred times. And then when you sit down and eat, it it tastes awful because you were stressed in a bad mood and weren't, you know, enjoying the process. That's right. And then when you make the same meal and you have plenty of time Mm -hmm. and you're not stressed Mm -hmm. and maybe you have music on and Mm -hmm. you're having a good time talking to friends in the kitchen or family, and then you sit down and eat the meal, and it's so crazy good. And that's because your energy affected that meal. Mm -hmm. And most people don't want to believe that or take the time to understand that, and that's totally fine. But I understand that and experience that all the time. So my way of improving the meal that they're going to eat when they get home from work is by – playing the kundalini mantras all the time on these spices where they're yeah. being stored, charging them a quartz geeks of crystals. And then hopefully when it gets into the consumer's hand, they they get to have a great meal.
1: And folks can buy these online through yeah. your website. Yeah. I sell Experience them it. at
2: starseedkitchen.com. And mm-hmm. you can stop into the butchery in Orange County and a few other stop, oh, shops butcher. in Orange County and, and pick them up there too.
1: The butchery yeah, is amazing. Their meat counter mm. It's, you just go browse. Their and... chicken
2: is so much better than...
1: Is it? Yo,
2: I can't buy chicken at any grocery store. I only buy my chicken there. <gasps> that's good, good to know. know. Yeah, that's oh, really yeah. I know. will never... I never touch chicken from any place else, but the grocery store-wise. Right. Um, they have really great jidori and pasture bird chicken.
1: Is it uh, the whole chicken?
2: You can buy the whole chicken, okay. the chicken thighs, the chicken wings and drumsticks, the airline chicken breast... Everything will have a better flavor, I promise.
1: I'm so into less, making my own chicken broth.
2: Yeah, less fat and water will come out too. So I prefer to always buy chicken with the bone in Yep. because then I save the bone, put yep. it in the freezer, and then when I'm ready for broth, there I'm it good is. to go. And with the way butcher shops and, and grocery butcher counters work is they actually reduce the weight of the bone in that piece of meat. So you aren't paying extra for the piece of meat. No. Oh. So, you should always try to buy bone in mm. because it's not costing you extra. And now you're getting free ingredients for your bone broth. Yeah. I save exactly. all my bones. Interesting. I even save my bones when I go out to eat. Can oh, you really? really? Doggy bag. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I love it. So, as a
0: per- personal chef, give us an idea of what you do do on a daily? Like your clientele, do you cook at their house or do you cook in your own home?
2: I cook at their house. So what I do is I email them all out, menu suggestions, eight, nine, 10 suggestions. They choose five or depending on the client, maybe they want six or four, but usually it's five items that they choose. Everyone's a little different. For some people, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For some people, I'm just doing lunches and dinners. But once they choose their items, I confirm the menu, type it all up, because I'll give them the printed menu with reheat instructions when I get to their home. I do all the grocery shopping. I'll double check to see if they have certain items still in their pantry so we don't overspend, you know, olive oil, salt and pepper, sometimes rice. And then I go in the morning, do all their grocery shopping for them, pick up any additional little items that they need, head to their home, prepare all the food in their home. If they're home for lunch, I serve them lunch because if I'm making them, you know, four servings of a particular salad, might as well serve them one now, you know, Mm -hmm. and then um, put everything away in their glass meal prep containers or, you know, if you're baking Um, a lasagna or doing something that really needs to be done in the dish like a gluten-free chicken pot pie. That's why it's so great to prep the food at someone's home because then all the food can go into their container so when they get home from work they can just pop it in the oven super easy reheat and have a really delicious home-cooked nourishing meal.
1: I assume people are hiring you because you not only make delicious food but because of your
0: High vibration living. That yes, the good
1: <laughs> like they are hiring you specifically to make their meals because it's it's, it's a stripped down, not stripped down. It's an organic approach.
2: No one, none of my clients really know about what that. You know they no. they've hired me because they know I'm a healthy chef, and so and so recommended me. Oh, but they aren't hiring me for this additional layer. <laughs> That's, that's crazy. <laughs> Why does this taste so
0: good? They're just
2: getting all the benefits. Oh, my goodness. Is
0: there anything that people have asked you to make that you're just like, this? it's strange or that you just were like, I can't do that for you?
2: Someone asked me to do duck for meal prep. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's a little much for, for meal prep. Like if, you know. Duck. If you, you wanted to hire me to cook you dinner tonight right. or a dinner party. Um, but that's like a little... More comprehensive.
1: Wait, they wanted you to like prepare a duck? Yes. And just have it available then to them? Yeah,
2: just and then put it in the fridge. They'll heat it up later in the week. Where'd they get the duck?
1: Okay, got it.
2: So I passed on that one just because I I will pass very rarely. It's only when I feel like I can't bring 110% Mm. and that when they reheat the meal, I can't count on it tasting good no. or being fresh. That's the only time I'll say no. Got it. So there are very rare, rare occasions where I'll push back and be like, I don't think I can deliver. Yes. And I'm not doing anything unless I think I can deliver.
1: Right. You kind of take the responsibility on yourself. Yes. You and know. then
2: there's a few occasions, too, where it's really funny. I've really been tapped to do a lot of desserts. My mm. clients love me doing healthy desserts. Mm. And so... If they're giving me a recipe and we're slowly evolving it into a more healthy dessert, I just give them a heads up. Hey, as we start to change each ingredient, we don't know what the outcome's going to be. Right. So I just want you to be on board. Mm. I want you to be on board knowing that this is the, the ingredient we're editing this time at your request. We don't know how it's going to turn out, but we're just going to flow with it. Are you okay with it? If I get an agreement, then we're right. good to go. Yeah. Because I don't want to... Not deliver.
1: No, that's the last thing.
2: You yeah, want. but like little changes that you make to a baking recipe, you know, just simply switching the sugar or removing, you know, butter and replacing it with something. Little tweaks are going to change things along the way.
1: And baking and cooking are two different things. Baking is a it's a science. It's scientific because you have to have leaveners and all this other stuff. To me, that's a little more frightening than j- than cooking. You know what I mean? Than just cooking like a a standard meat and veggie meal. What are your favorite leaveners?
2: Oh, that's really interesting. I don't even think that way. Mm. I think more about ingredients. Okay. That like that's what I'm really focused on, and everything else will will just naturally fall into place.
1: Do you ever do without a? Baking soda, baking powder.
2: Yeah, I have a few recipes that do it, but usually those are ones are not necessarily like um, like a banana bread or a cookie. Right. Like those are usually like a bar, okay, um, or something along that lines. Mm-hmm. Where I don't really, you know, I'm not worried about it rising because I'm using different ingredients. I'm using dates and nuts and raw cacao mm-hmm. and coconut oil and coconut butter right. and nut butters instead, and I'm making more of like more of a dense raw bar got it yeah Yeah. usually like i'm more focused on the ingredients that i'm using so using cassava flour using nuts using um really good quality you know chocolates or raw cacao Mm -hmm. using um you know date sugar maple crystals Mm -hmm. things like that do you have an egg preference oh i prefer always using an egg Mm -hmm. But then, of course, getting the best quality egg that you can.
1: What is the best quality egg?
2: Getting an egg not at a grocery store.
1: Oh. You should have seen the sad look on her face. I know. She looked defeated. I know. I know. (laughs) Well, no, I don't. I don't want
2: the person listening to feel defeated. No, 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 no. But when Uh, you're going there, there's also
0: levels of eggs. I mean, you get in the regular eggs. You get the, what is it? um, Cage-free. Cage-free,
2: which means nothing. I know. Really? It doesn't mean anything? No. The reason why I made... I made the sad face at the grocery store eggs, which, I mean, I still buy because sometimes you have to, and sometimes I have to for my clients, but the eggs that are provided to grocery stores, those birds have to be shot. Shocked? Uh, Shocked. So they have to be given constant immunizations and different shots. To
1: prevent disease, chicken upon chicken, right? Of sorts. Anyway. I
2: mean, you know, yeah. in, the, in the same concept that certain places require a human being to yes. get a shot. Right. You know, yeah. whether the bird really needs it or not, it doesn't matter.
1: It's happening.
2: It's happening because these eggs are going to be provided to a grocery store. Right. Yeah. And then, but what's in those shots are then passed on to you in sure. the egg. Sure. So if you purchase your eggs at farmer's markets or at more off market, more market stands... Okay. Um, like an example would be um, fermentation farm in like Costa Mesa. Oh, Huntington I know Beach.
1: fermentation. I yeah. didn't know they had eggs.
2: Yeah, they have the eggs, and okay. then that way the you're getting eggs from birds that don't have to have all those okay. shots. The okay.
0: Fermentation farm, I believe, is where that, they, the bone broth. is. Absolutely, yeah. Right. Right.
2: And it's also where I like to just pick up all my fermented vegetables. So yeah. I always make sure I have different types of krauts and kimchi's in my. Yeah fridge. Yeah. Just to add a little bit like when you do make eggs oh, or just so like good. a bite or two on salad. Yeah. And then I when I take a bite or two of, of sauerkraut or kimchi, kimchi is really nice with just a little bit of brown rice, too. Mm-hmm. Then I don't have to take a probiotic that day because I just got the real version. Oh, that's interesting. So if I know okay. I have like two tablespoons of a fermented vegetable, I don't take a probiotic. You know, I could save it.
1: Yeah, because it's already... some money. ...already happened. Yeah. You talk a lot
2: about that. You talk about eating true to the season. Because my favorite food is whatever I'm really wanting mm-hmm. right in right. that season and in that moment. And then it also changes on like where I am in the world. That's so true. like if I'm in a tr- tropical climate, I want jackfruit. But no, jackfruit. I fruit. love jackfruit, <laughs> but you know, I'm That's not... intimidating. Oh, but that it's is, so it's good. Those lot. little pods are so good. <laughs> and then, you know, but like you know fall on the east coast when i lived in washington dc in new york the apples at the farmer's market mm, yes. i never had anything like it in my life and the the flavors went on and on and on the The crispness mm-hmm. the sizes like i love a real apple but like i also love broccoli broccoli's one, been like one of my favorites my whole life. Like That's interesting. I can eat broccoli all the time. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's get out of the
0: vegetables and fruits. Yes. What's an indulgent food for you?
2: Ooh. See, I don't consider indulgent because I don't shame food. Okay. Because if if you are craving something sweet. Or something... I have, like, a piece of raw chocolate with a half a date. Or I have, like, dark... 85% dark chocolate chips. You're not chips. going for a Snickers and Cheetos. No, I'll tell you... No, no. no. I, I, I would never... But I'm I, just saying. I didn't even like Cheetos when Cheetos were being put into my lunch as a child. I would give them away. Like, um. I gave all my chips away. And finally, I told my mom in, like, middle school that, like, I never ate the chips. And it was, like, after years of her putting them in there. And she's like, why didn't you tell me sooner? I've just spent... I wasted so much money putting chips in your lunch. Right. And I was like, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. That, yeah. like I didn't want what you were putting in my lunch. But like I've just never li- – I don't like fried food. No. I don't like I chips. I, like I don't no. like any of that stuff. Okay. But if it comes to desserts, like I make cookies all day long for my clients. I have no desire to eat the cookie. The cookie doesn't do anything for me. Okay. What does something for me, I'll tell you like my three favorite desserts right now. But again, like I really – I really practice what I preach. Like, I choose, like, the best version I can make of these things. So I love a piece of raw, like, raw 100% cacao dark chocolate. Smashed on like half a date, okay, so good. And mm-hmm. you get that cacao at like Whole Foods. My favorite is Evolved Chocolate. Evolved. So okay. if you look at Evolved Chocolate, they have a chocolate bar that's one hundred percent raw cacao with a little shredded coconut. And I take a piece of that and put it on a raw date. Um. Or when I travel, like in Vietnam and, and different parts of the world, you can find every now and then like small chocolate companies that do one hundred percent raw cacao, and I always buy them when I do. Mm-hmm. And then I love like an eighty-five percent dark chocolate chip. And putting them in the freezer Ooh. and eating them when they're cold is Ooh. really good. So I buy a brand called Pasha, P-A-S-C-H-A. I can only get it at Mother's. Okay, Pasha chocolate, eighty-five percent dark, um, and I put it in the freezer, mm-hmm. and then I'll just like pour like pour some in like a quarter cup. Mm -hmm. and just a little snack on them as my dessert. They're so good. So good frozen. Highly suggest. Okay, frozen. And then my third favorite dessert, which I'm not into right now at all, but like months ago I was, is I would make my own ice cream Mm -hmm. using raw milk, raw cream. Mm -hmm. I would sweeten it with honey, Mm -hmm. and then I would add whatever flavor profile I wanted, whether it's vanilla, mint. You can go on and on and on. Um, So I would make my own and you have raw like a ice, ice cream, cream maker. Yeah, just the Cuisinart like, ice yeah, cream quesonart. maker. But it's all about like the quality milk and cream using yeah. raw and mm-hmm. organic. Mm-hmm. And then I would sweeten it with honey. So I'd find local honey and use that. Yum. Uh-huh. And, but that, that ship has sailed for but you. But that ship has sailed. I'm going through a <laughs> weird phase where every time I eat dairy, it's causing my throat to swell. No. And for me to get a sore throat. So I'm just... So that's a sign. Yes. I'm just trying to recognize it and take a break for a little bit. It's the oh. first time it's happened to me in my life. So Interesting. Crazy. Yeah. So I'm just trying to back that up. Yeah. Before you leave,
0: we ask all of our guests to give us a takeaway gift yeah. or a tag. Do you have something for us?
2: So my tag, which I did mention already a few times today, but it's the healthiest meal you can eat is the one you make at home. I love it. You mm-hmm. know? Yes. And... Um, no matter who you are or where you live, just find one thing that you can prepare for yourself at home. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a chef. Just one dish. Just one dish.
1: I well, love it. I Thank love you, it Whitney, so much. You've enlightened us. And I'm thinking about my pantry right now and all the things I'm going to go throw away.
2: <laughs> Give
1: away. Give away. No, Share with others. Absolutely. I will definitely do that. But there's, there is an easier way to do things just because it's fresh doesn't make it more complicated you just have to think about it yeah so we appreciate you coming in thank you so much thank you so much yes i'm Anne police and i'm denise cooper we'll see you next time